Man. Man. Good to be back in person with you guys. Hey. <laughs> that was the most Mississippi man I think I've ever heard you say. Yeah, well, I don't I don't get enough credit for being from Mississippi, so I was just trying to show that off. <laughs> Am I the only guy that is, so, like, I'm not very careful about the words I pronounce except for that one. I'm like, Maine. Mississippi. Oh, or, get it right. Oh, yeah. Mississippi. No, M- Mississippi. All Mi- of it. <laughs> All those syllables, every single one it's counts. It's a whole word. Yeah. 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 And my eyes do a full 360 in the back of my head when I hear people say, is it... How many is it? Four S's, six. What? How many crooked letters? Shut up. <laughs> we deserve respect, New York. Yeah. So we're back together to talk about all things fitness. Which, uh, by the way, I love recording these episodes together because I learn something new every time. Yes, thank because you. of Hunter's brain. Oh, 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 oh. and yeah, obviously, in your yeah. your presence here. Thank you. Uh, specifically for outside the box. Yeah. That's yeah. where you really shine. We learn something outside the box from Chase. There's no doubt about every, it. Every every episode, we're like, "Hey, that is fascinating." You just you figure out how quickly I can slap together a hard opinion on something that I don't really know that much about. <laughs> Typical. Even even if I weren't here, I will be honest with you and let you know. I can tell when you get to that point of the podcast. There is definitely a phone in your hand. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're just your tone over statistics. I'm like, I feel like this is fresh information. <laughs> uh, all right, now uh, so what are we talking about today? Yeah, yeah. All right, so this is something great that we've segue like, right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this topic that we're talking about, we've hinted around about in, in in several episodes. We've talked about it from the point of view of man, people really have a problem with this modality of fitness because of this particular thing. We hear it a uh, lot. Yeah, this happened to me, and 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 honestly, I think that. Um, for a time, the the fitness community did a very poor job responding to this because it's it's real for people. And a lot of folks, I'm not saying inside of the Coyote Fitness family, but a lot of people in the fitness industry just kind of dismiss this. You yeah. know, well, I'll give you a big phrase. Pain is just weakness leaving the body. Well, okay, but it hurts. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, My lower back is still throbbing. That's yeah. right. What am I supposed to do with this? So the the fact is, if you, are, if you are looking to change your body, you're looking to change your lifestyle, to get in the shape of your life at your own pace, there's going to be a little bit of pain involved. But there's mm-hmm. a difference between the right pain and the wrong pain. And most people that are experiencing their fitness journey, they just don't know how to interpret which one is which. We're going right. to talk about that today. So, Hunter, you actually learned about this, as is true with most things in, in, in your life. You learned about this the the hard way, right? You know, the difficult way of like, okay, I've been through this and I got to build some knowledge to help myself because I want to get to these goals, but I'm experiencing the big word. I feel like I'm experiencing injury. Yeah. How do I navigate this? Yeah. So share a little bit of that with us. That's that's something that I've spent a great deal of my life um, dealing with and working through. And um, I'm learning more and more that the more I share it with people, it can help other people because um, the one thing I've learned about pain is when people get in pain, they think that nobody else understands their their specific pain. They think that nobody else uh, has ever been through this before. When in reality, there a, a lot of us have, and I've probably you know, Jim uh, Jim specifically. If you're in pain, I I pretty much guarantee that I've dealt with it in the past. Um, so I want to be able to use what I've learned over the years uh, to be able to help other people get out of pain because. Let's be honest. It's part of the fitness process. If you do uh, come to the gym consistently, if you make fitness a priority in your life, you're going to deal with pain and learning uh, what that is and what that means and how to how to get out of it um, can can have a dr- drastic impact on your life. And just through the years, we've seen so many people 
um, leave or to stop a fitness routine because of pain. And in their mind, they injure themselves. And it's frustrating to not be able to help those people because we see their, they have set this, their health and fitness back so much because of something they're dealing with when it could have been fixed pretty easily. Um, so I just kind of want to talk about what led me to this point in, in, in my journey um, through pain and injury um, to hopefully some other people can relate to it. So, I, you know, we've talked about my past before a lot, but I grew up playing sports pretty much year-round all the time. I never really had a whole lot of injuries, but I do remember specifically when I was in sixth grade, uh, the summer before seventh grade um, is when we started working out for football uh, when, when I switched schools. And that summer we were running, uh, I think we were doing lifting weights and we were doing some running drills or something at the school. And then when we finished, we did a cool-down stretch. And the, the high school um, strength conditioning coach was the one working with us. And uh, we were doing a partner hamstring stretch on the track. And my partner was, was pulling my, my, pushing my leg back, and I was on my back. And he was pushing it back, you know, trying to get over your head. You know, we've all seen that stretch before. And my leg was barely at 90 degrees. And our coach was like, hey, quit, quit slacking off over there. Come on, you know, push his leg back. And uh, he came over and he started pushing on my leg. He's like, wow, your hamstrings are really tight, really tight. And I, I, I distinctly remember that. And that, that just goes to show you that I am just a naturally tight person. My muscles have always been tight since I was a kid, since before I even lifted weights. I've always been a tight person. My dad is my dad's very tight as well. Pretty much every my, my, my family ha- has tight muscles. And so I have dealt with injuries a lot more and I'll get 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 into what causes injuries and, and pain later on in the episode but so that that was the very first um one of the first memories of of that so I, going on playing baseball uh I was a really good baseball pitcher until about eighth grade seventh or eighth grade I started having a ton a ton of elbow pain I went to see a physical therapist he told me my uh, upper back was weak uh I was very very skinny back then I didn't have any muscle in my body and uh, he told me my upper back was weak. I do these exercises. Uh, my pain will go away. Of course, I did them for a little while and quit doing them. My elbow continued to hurt. I ended up having two cortisone shots in 10th grade um, after my first start in high school as a pitcher. And then I had a cortisone shot because my I remember I was warming up before my first start ever in high school. And my elbow hurt so bad in the warm-up area. But I didn't want to tell my coach because I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't pitch very well. Um, only lasted two innings. And that was the only time I ever pitched. Because I got a cortisone shot afterwards because my elbow hurt so bad. Uh, it helped for like a week or two. Then I got another cortisone shot a couple months later, maybe six months later, whatever, as soon as I could get one is. After that, I quit pitching. Well, all throughout my baseball career, my elbow, I never got over that elbow pain. It always hurt. No whenever, kidding. Always hurt when I threw. Even when I was in college, when I was playing outfield, my elbow constantly hurt. I, that was really the only injury I dealt with. I broke I broke my collarbone in football in junior high. But other than that, nothing, nothing major. That's a fun story. I wish we had time for that. Yeah, another day. If you want to know about that, I'll tell you because it's uh, it's a pretty sore subject for my dad specifically. But anyways, um, I'll, I'll just tell it real quick. Uh, uh, I was in eighth grade. I nice. was on the scout team, running back. Um, last play of practice, we were playing. You know, uh, the the varsity, which is the ninth graders, which are the difference between an eighth grader and ninth grader. It's is, staggering. Is, it's sta- like I can't believe they 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 play football with each other. It's it's like two completely different people. It's like boys versus men, and uh, <laughs> not boys and men, not yeah. boys and men, boys. So uh, men. I was running back. It was a handoff uh, in off the left side, off the uh, left tackle, and I took the handoff and I scored a touchdown, which never happened against the the starting uh, team, starting ninth graders. 
Our coach lost it. He started screaming at us, and he said, get on the line and run it again. And I knew I was about to be screwed because, <laughs> number one, they're pissed, the same play they're pissed off yeah. because he's just chewed them out for five minutes. Number two, they know what the play is. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, as soon as I took the handoff, I got hit by the DN, and I felt a pop in my collarbone. And then I like literally, I think every single defender piled on top of me because they all had to get in on the play because they just got chewed out. I was face down in the dirt. Everybody got up, and I was just laying in the dirt. Um, and just feeling this pain and I left and I couldn't get my shoulder pads off anyways I broke my collarbone uh, missed the rest of the season so that's really the only injury I had going into college besides my elbow um, I started having a lot of injury stuff this was when I started working out a lot I put on a lot of muscle I was doing you know the the typical weight room thing and um, I started having a lot of shin splints when I uh, before the start of every season I'd have shin splints my elbow hurt all the time like I told you earlier I started getting some shoulder pain um, and I just was constantly, um, in the, in the training room. Like I was always in the training room and I had never been in there before, but I was always in the training room. Um, my sophomore year, I ended up tearing some ligaments in my, in my ankle. It was kind of a freak thing. Um, I was on second base and this, the pitcher picked and the shortstop was running to cover and he clipped my back foot. And, um, I was, so he kind of tripped me and I was, I caught my fall on the base with my left foot kind of sideways and it bent all the way over and I felt a bunch of pops in my, in my ankle. So I tore some ligaments in my ankle. I had to get redshirted that year. Um, the next year I was playing, um, and, uh, swung an outside pitch, pulled off of it and felt like somebody shot me in the back of my left shoulder, ended up tearing my labrum. That's the big one. Yeah. So I didn't, I, 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 I kept playing. Um, this was when I was playing summer ball. So I kept playing. It kind of went away right after. Um, it happened three or four more times that summer. And then that following fall, it happened again. And this time it kept hurting afterwards. It didn't get better. So I went and got it looked. And he had told me I pretty much tore my labrum all the way around. So I ended up having surgery um, to fix it. He told me I could have done therapy and a rehab and tried to fix it. But I was. it was October. The season practice started in January for the season starting in February. So I had three months till the season started. I didn't. He said if I did had the surgery, I could probably be, be back in time to play, so I ended up having the surgery. So long story short, I, I had all these injuries. All this time I was going to physical therapy, um, off-campus physical therapies actually where I met the guy who got me in the CrossFit. That's another story for another day. Um, but I, I had patellar tendonitis um, in my knee. I, I mean, I had – you name it, I had it, and I was in, in physical therapy for it. So going into CrossFit, um, I start competing in CrossFit. Wait, let's um, pause right here. I do yeah. want to point out. Yeah, we have there's a there's a lot of uh, narrative going on inside of a lot of gyms and fitness facilities that this is something only you you only struggle with this if you're 40 plus. Oh yeah, to- totally a misnomer. I was I mean I was in seventh grade when I started having elbow pain, so I'm 13. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm I've been dealing with pain issues. I, I actually I did have patellar tendonitis in high school. Now that I remember in my right knee um, when I was I was playing soccer and then kicking and doing all this type of stuff. And anyways, I had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, so all you throughout. can't blame it on age. No, no, can't no. blame it on age. No. So you get, you get uh, deeper into your fitness journey. Mm-hmm. Now so, you're, you've decided you flip the switch. I'm going to be a CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. So I get into that. I compete. I, uh, I qualify for regionals my first year. I made it. Um, and then at the regionals is when I realized I need to get stronger. So my big goal was to um, put on a lot of muscle, um, in the off season, I go on and do that. 
and um, I'm squatting all the time. I'm, I'm you know, I, this is before I understood um, a lot about training and, and recovery and everything. And I was, I'd always been of the more is better, um, beat yourself in the ground, outwork everybody, which is what I did for other sports. So I started doing that for CrossFit. I started getting a whole lot of knee pain when I would sit. So my knee would be bent. Um, when I would drive in the car, if I drove anywhere more than 10 minutes, I had to put on cruise control because my knee hurt so bad, the top of my knee. Um, it was it was extremely painful, and I it, it was lingering. My, my squats max was actually going down, which was incredibly frustrating because that was the one thing I wanted to get better at. It was getting weaker. Um, so uh, this goes on. This is like six months, and, and I'm to the point where I'm like, man, I think I really messed my knee up. I think I might need to go to the doctor. Um and about around about this time is when we decided to open up Coyote. And I had a friend who ran a gym in San Antonio. And he, I asked if I could go stay out there with a week to kind of see how he ran it and get an idea of how we wanted, you know, try to learn as much as I could about running a gym. So I go out there um, and I was actually going to compete in a competition in Austin that weekend as well. Um, so I'm spending the week with him and I, he had a, mas- a massage therapist that rented a room out from him. And I, happened to mention to my friend, I'm like, man, I've been having this knee issue. He's like, well, why don't you go see, um, I think his name was Robert. He's like, go see Robert. Um, let him look at it. It's always Robert. Yeah. (laughs) I think his name was Robert. Yeah. Yeah. So I go in there and he's, he's, he's massaging. and I'm telling him like the top of my knee hurts really bad. I can't, I can't drive more than 10 minutes without putting on cruise control. I've tried everything. I've tried, you know, icing it, which is something I've done my whole life. I've tried, you know, the, the mobility, uh, bands and all this type of stuff and it's just not getting any better uh advil rest nothing nothing's worked um so he's like all right so he shows me this chart he had on the wall and it had like these pain points on your body and he said the top of your knee and it has it it had a red spot on the outside of of your quad he said if you have pain in the top of your knee it's coming from outside of your quad and then on the bottom of the knee uh, which is patellar tendonitis he said um, there's pain, um, and it's coming from the inside of your quad. So he said, so he started, he found this huge knot on the outside of my quad. Um, and he worked on it and I, I squatted right afterwards. I mean, it, it was incredibly painful. He was a big, strong guy. He really worked on it really good. Mm. And, uh, I squat on it and immediately felt a little bit better. I was like, wow, that's crazy. And he said, okay, we'll keep working on it and, um, it'll get better. So, um, I started lacrosse balling it and anybody that knows me, knows me how crazy I'm about the lacrosse ball. Um, but he's, I started lacrosse balling it four or five times a day for the rest of the week. I competed that weekend. My knee was completely fine. Now, mind you, it had been six months, six months at least of my knee hurting. I could hardly squat. That's half a year. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't drive with, without my leg, uh, being without my leg extended. I couldn't keep my knees bent more than 10 minutes or so without pain. And within a couple of days, it's fine. I competed that weekend. It didn't hurt at all. And the pain was completely gone. Like I continued to work on it with the ball, but it was completely gone. And I, all of a sudden I was like, hold up a second. This goes against everything I've ever learned about physical therapy. I've spent hours and hours and hours of, of MPT working on getting ice, getting, you know, STEM, getting, uh, doing the, the therapy, taking rest, taking, taking months off of not doing things. And this guy worked on my quad and I worked on it for a couple of days and it was completely fine. I was like, maybe I've been doing this all wrong this whole time. So that's when I kind of took a deep dive into it, started doing a lot of research, found Mobility Wad with Kelly Strutt, which I knew about it, but I hadn't really watched them. I started doing the Mobility Wads starting at day one, and I worked all the way up to at least day 100, if not more. 
And those things were so full of information um, that I, it just completely changed um, how I viewed in, in injuries and that type of thing. So that from there, I started being able to apply those principles to other injuries that I had in my body, which I've done CrossFit for 10 years. I've never had a major injury, but I've had tons and tons of pain. And I don't think people realize that. They just see, you know, me, or especially me a few years ago when I was, you know, in the best shape of my life and, um, you know, putting up really good scores on workouts and stuff. They think, oh, he just doesn't ever deal with that type of stuff, which is the opposite. I was dealing with pain the entire time. I was always dealing with some type of pain, but I understood what it was and I understood what to do to fix it. And so that was that the that particular knee injury um, completely changed my perspective on pain and injury. And it's something that I've been trying to learn more and more about. And now um, apply those principles to, to, you know, any other injuries that I have. And then but now I, I want to try to teach other people that because it, it is literally life changing when you can get out of pain because you can't function when you are in pain. Like you, you especially when it's really bad, you can't think about anything else. Like when I was driving my car, my knee was bent and my knee hurt so bad, I couldn't hardly even focus on the road. All I could think about was like, get this knee, you know, get this pain, give me some, this pain relief. And there's so many people that deal with that when they have this type of pain, like say their shoulder's been bothering for six months. And they just get so frustrated because they want so bad to be able to make progress and they have these fitness goals that they want to be able to do and this pain is limiting them back and it's just so incredibly demoralizing and it, it causes a lot of people to quit. And um, just think that fitness in for them. And I want to try to get that message out to as many people as I can is that you can get past this and it there's something you can do that make it go away in a very short amount of time. Yeah, it's a pretty frightening thing. I mean, what you're, what you're hitting on right now, I think, is really where the rubber meets the road for a lot of our listening audience. You experience and we're about to differentiate between these two things. Mm -hmm. But you experience some pain uh during a workout or or even worse if that's like the delayed pain. Yeah. I was okay during the workout, but now three hours later my mm -hmm. lower back's killing me. But um they experience that and they think they automatically think something's wrong, you know. Uh something's bad wrong. And this is this is a huge injury and it's gotta be something uh, skeletal, like this is the major mistake that most people make. Like, oh my gosh, I've separated my shoulder. Yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> because they go back to those days where they were an athlete and in in high impact, very violent sports and mm -hmm. things like that were happening. But there's this panic that moves in, especially if you don't have the information you need to understand what it actually is. Uh, I've, just briefly, I'll, I'll never forget. I was walking past you one day in, in the gym. I was complaining about my lower back, and we're going to get to this in future episodes. I was complaining about my lower back. I was trying to get some help. And you were like, roll your hamstrings. I'm like, who is this guy? I thought he did this for a living. I, I didn't say my legs hurt. I yeah. said my back hurts, you know. Uh, but listening to your story, it makes a little bit of sense. So where we'd like to move in the episode now is helping people figure out wh what's the cause, what 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 is an injury actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a big part of this discussion. Yeah, so there, there's two two very distinct things. And you mentioned I do a workout and three hours later I have pain. I, what I'm not talking about is a trauma injury. That would be I'm in a car accident and I break my leg or I tear my ACL in the middle of a football game or I'm jumping off a box and I pop my Achilles. A I trauma pop. Yeah. yeah. A yeah. trauma is going to be you're doing something and all of a sudden there's a, a, a violent something happens and you feel a, a major pain immediately. That's what I'm not talking about. That's when it's going to take, all right, hey, we need to go see a doctor. We need to, we need to have some major um, – intervention to fix this issue what i'm talking about is that there's no telling how many times i've heard this 
I think I slept on my shoulder wrong. I, I woke up this morning, my shoulder hurts. I'm, you didn't hurt yourself sleeping. No, but you don't. <laughs> Nobody hurts themselves sleeping. You didn't sleep wrong and cause something. It's something you did before. So what it actually is is an overworked or under-recovered muscle. What happens is your body, when um, something needs to needs is overworked, um, it causes it brings about inflammation into the area, and your body is going to tighten muscles up to protect that area because it's not fully recovered, not fully healed. So let's go back to my, my knee, for example, and I'll get into the reason that my knee was hurting in future episodes and, and why people has knee, knee, knee injuries. But basically, all the squatting I was doing, I overdid it, and my quads were overworked, specifically the outside of my quad. So my body starts tightening that area up to protect it because it's not um, able to recover. It's not fully healed when, by the time I, you know, I do my next exercise. And so it tightens it up. Well, what happens is when your body, those muscles tighten up, it's like a rubber band. Think about putting a rubber band around your finger. As you pull that rubber band tighter and tighter, it's going to start causing pain on your finger. So that's what happened. The, the, the rubber band or the muscles in my legs started getting tighter and tighter. It starts pulling that rubber band tighter and tighter. So where that rubber band actually meets is where the, it's going to start causing friction, start causing inflammation. And that was in the knee ligament. Okay, so and, and and oh, I'm sorry, the tendon. So the top of the knee, where that that uh, it the muscle connected, started getting pulled tight and started causing inflammation. So I started getting inflammation in my knee. So that's why people say, let's ice your knee to get the inflammation out. Well, that maybe you or take anti, you know, uh, um, I'm sorry, inf- yeah. anti-inflammatories to get the inflammation out. Well, that might co- help with the pain, but that's not going to treat the original cause. It's going to go away, and it's going to come back. Until you treat that tight muscle that's pulling on your knee and get it to loosen up, it's not ever going to um, get let that inflammation get out for good. So you could ice your knee for the next six months, but unless you address your IT or your piriformis, you're, you're missing. The, yeah, the, the, the outer quad, yeah. And, yeah. Unless you treat the root cause, it's not going to, to go away. So... That principle applies to every part of the body. It applies to the back, the neck, the ankles, the knees, the hips, everything, the elbows, the wrist. When you, when you wake up or a couple hours after the workout, when you have pain, that is caused because a certain muscle was overworked. It's tightened up because your body has tightened it up so it can heal it. And then that's causing um, inflammation. Um, wherever it connects. This can, it can vary from person to person. The body is a, a crazy, wonderful thing. Everything is connected, but it, and it might take time to, to fig- find that muscle that's actually causing it, but it always is caused by your body causing a, a muscle to be tight, and it's causing that, that muscle to pull on a tendon or a ligament. And so that's what's causing the inflammation. So unless it's a trauma, where you feel the pain is not what's causing that pain, if that makes sense. And Ooh, that's what go trips. Back. Say that again, because that's it, what people need to unless hear. Unless it's a trauma, unless it's a, 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 a something, a point in time where this happened and then, bam, I, I tore my ACL. Well, in that case, yeah, it, it was your knee. Right. But if you wake up the next day and your knee hurts, it's, be, it's not the knee that's the problem. It's the muscle that, that's connecting to that knee that's the problem, and that's the tight area. And that's what you have to start understanding that principle. And that's why um, I use the lacrosse ball because the lacrosse ball is the best way that I've found to be able to find, move around and pinpoint 
um, the actual muscle um, that's causing the, the pain. So let's talk about this because people that like, this is the pattern of people work out, push, do a great job, sore between workouts, come back in, even get there early. You know, you know, somebody's hurting when they get there early, mm-hmm. get there early. They go grab that lacrosse ball, the foam roller. Like when you say it's, it's going to give you the indicator, what am I looking for? Am mm-hmm. I looking for like, Ooh, I hit that lacrosse ball. Now I got a shooting pain. Yeah. What, like, what are we after there? So the, the mistake a lot of people make is, okay, um, my knee's hurting, so I'm going to lacrosse ball my knee. I don't understand that. Or, or put it right around the knee. Yeah. Uh, but what you got to do is, is – This kneecap. Yeah. This kneecap gets bruised in it. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing to it. So it's always you're either the, – the issue is either upstream or downstream from the pain. So that's where I start. I've been doing this a really long time, so I can um, pretty much be able to tell. And I've worked with hundreds of people. I can pretty much be able to tell, you know – if something hurts, where you need to put it. Like you, for example, you said you had low back pain. I've dealt with hundreds of people that have low back pain, so I know know what's causing it. What I'll typically think is, all right, you're having pain. What did you do? Uh, what's the last exercise you did? Okay, so say um, your knee hurts, and you're like, well, we did a bunch of wall balls yesterday. I'm like, okay, well, what muscles are we using when we do wall balls? Uh, so we're using our our a lot of people use too much quad. So I'm like, your quad is probably um, a little tight. Let's work up and find it, which I said earlier, top of the knee, outside of the quad, bottom of the knee, inside of the quad. Um, that's typically where we're going to go. But what you're going to do is you're going to push push that ball upstream or downstream for wherever your pain is. You're going to move it around until you find that spot that hurts really bad. Everything's going to hurt, but this hurts way worse than the other ones. It, it typically feels like, oh, you can always tell. It's always funny because you can always see their face. As soon as they find it, their face, their eyes get really big every single time. <laughs> and it, it feels like you're getting jabbed by a knife. Um, that's the spot. When it gets to the point where it's causing inflammation, there's there's a lot of tightness going on in there. Your body is trying to tell you something. And so you have to um, – it's going gonna, it's gonna to be pretty painful. So basically you move that ball around until you find that spot that hurts way worse than the other ones. And then you got to make it hurt. This is when you got to really dig in there, contract and relax the muscles, move, move your, your leg or arm around or whatever it is that's connected to it. And just really try to live in there for a couple minutes. And you gotta, you gotta do that three to five times a day for a few days. This is where, where a lot of people drop the ball is I'll show them a spot and they'll work on it and then they won't work on it anymore. I'm like, look, your body is it needs a lot of maintenance. It took a lot of work to get overuse to this point. So it's going to take a lot of work to undo it. You need to do this three to five times a day. You need to do it before and after every single workout and you need to do it for three to five days. But if you, the people that will do it, it's going to be gone completely in three to five days. So the word that you just used right there, that's the critical part of this segment. It's maintenance. Yeah. It is. It's literal maintenance. So the conversations that you and I have had as friends about this um, you've had some really practical steps I think would be helpful for people to hear. Mm-hmm. The first place we start is uh, have a lacrosse ball by your couch, yeah. you know, <laughs> those sorts of things. So if I'm trying to set up for maintenance, because, uh, look, we have a lot of sympathy here. Everybody has that limited resource of time, mm-hmm. and we're, we're struggling to get in there. We're going to get the workout in and then cram life. In. But you have time that you can capture back you don't realize that you're not being very active, you know? So I'll, I'll give you an example from my day yesterday. Uh, I check out sugar wide and I'm like, Ooh, tomorrow, some shoulders. Uh, this is a problem for me for a bunch of reasons we can't go into. 
So I go, I'm watching Netflix, and I go in, I get the shepherd's hook. I'm like, I'm sitting here watching TV. I'm just going to make this hurt for a minute, you know. So maintenance of being able to grab that time back mm-hmm. where you feel like you don't have a lot of time, you, you're watching some TV, you know. Yeah, when you're watching TV, commercial comes on, you can hop down do a couple minutes. Like, I know the problem areas for me, and I just need I, I need to spend a couple minutes on them pretty frequently, um, and I'll try to just make time for it because I know if I don't, it's going to get to the point where I'm causing a lot of um, – I'm, I'm having a lot more pain. But – you hit the nail on the head. You have to change your mindset about pain. Pain is not injury. It's not, I hurt myself. I, I, I knew this was going to hurt me. You know, I knew I, everybody told me not to do CrossFit because it was going to hurt me. I've seen people like that. They come in, as soon as they have some pain, they say, uh, they, they were right, this is what it is. I'm like, no, that's not the case. You just have a little pain. Pain is simply your body's way of trying to tell you something's not right. Your mm. body, it's just maintenance for your body. It's, it's, it's like the check engine light comes on in your car. Maintenance required. That's what pain is. It's your body trying to signal something to you. Hey, something's not quite right. And then you got to figure out, okay, what's it trying to tell me? It's like uh, you take your, your check engine light comes on. You take your, um, your uh, car to the mechanic, and they do a diagnostic and figure out, oh, we just need to, to spin this thing or do this thing or whatever. That's all it is. You can take your body to mechanic, me or another coach who knows what they're talking about, or you can learn to become your own mechanic and, hey, I just need a little maintenance. Kelly Stret says um, all athletes need to be able to perform basic, basic maintenance on their own bodies. That's his quote. And I put that in my article that I wrote about this stuff as well. And it's so true. It's basic maintenance. That's all it is. And people, if you can learn how to do that and learn what pain is and be able to uh, use that to, to get out of pain and get yourself out of pain, you're going to catapult your fitness progress. Because think about if your knee hurts, you take six, six months off from squatting like I did. All right, now I finally get out of pain. It's going to take me three months probably to get back to where I was. Now, nine months later, I'm just now back to the squat I had before. Think about the amount of progress I could have made in nine months if I would have just known, hey, I need to work on this quad a little bit. Um, so you're, it's, 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 it's almost like exponential progress that you can make if you can eliminate the injury aspect um, and be able to um, understand what's going on in your body, what do I need to do to fix it, and be able to knock it out in a couple, a couple of days. Another thing about the body if you're having pain and injury, it's not going to make progress when there's inflammation going on. If you got pain in your shoulder, you're not going to be getting any stronger in that area. Your body is tightening everything up to protect itself. Your body is not going to allow muscle growth and, and you to put more weight over your head than you ever have when it's trying to protect itself because the body is incredibly smart and its body is wired for survival. And so if, if it needs to protect itself, it's going to protect itself. So um, in terms of performance, if you're trying to PR your back squat, if you have pain in your knee, there's no way you're going to PR because mm-hmm. your body's not going to let you. Your body is going to keep you from adding, uh, getting stronger until that, that pain is gone. And so you can look at it that way. If there's pain going on, you need to figure out what it is to, to fix it. And not assume it's injury. That's your big point. Yeah, look, yeah. At it, look at it as maintenance. All it is, pain is your body trying to tell you something. You need to listen to it and understand I, there's something that I need to do. Um, and I wanted to finish with this. One thing that's incredibly frustrating to me is when people go on Instagram and talk about pain and say, Hey, you need to stop doing what you're doing and you need to follow this specific 
program that I'm going to develop for you um, to get you out of pain that's going to keep you from um, getting in pain again. Well, that's incredibly frustrating to me because they're asking you to stop doing what you love and what you want to be doing to help you towards your, get to your progress and start doing this specific program to build up these weak muscles, um, three to six month program, and then you can go back to what you're doing. Okay, so you're telling somebody they need to stop working towards their fitness and uh, performance goals for three to six months um, just to get out of pain. You can get out of that pain in three days. All you got to do is the right stuff. You can add that stuff in along with your program, which is something that we do with our accessory work, add in the stuff that's going to keep you from getting pain um, down the road and keep your body functioning. And we'll get more into that in the next episode. But you don't have to rest. You don't have to stop working out for for three months. You don't have to stop squatting. You don't have to stop lifting over your head just because you have shoulder pain. You just need to figure out what's causing it. Work on it. You know, don't obviously don't do something if it really hurts it, but take a step back, work on that area for a few days, and you can get back to it in a week or less. You don't have to follow the specific program. You don't have to stop working towards your goals just to work on that. And so that's and that's that's, that's something that's very prevalent in the fitness industry now because people understand there's a lot of people that get in pain because of the modern lifestyle, and I want to get in a lot, into that a lot more later. What's actually the reason why all these people are in this pain and it's not the working out? Um, we'll talk about that more in the next episode. But um, you don't have to you don't have to stop working towards your goals. You don't have to take six months off. You can get out of pain and get back to where you were in less than a week. You just got to know what to do. Yeah, and when to do it. Awesome, awesome man. I feel empowered. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I sleep can... without a pillow. <laughs> No one's ever injured themselves sleeping. That's the number one quote for this this segment. I wouldn't say never, because I'm sure it's happened. Somebody's <laughs> falling out. I mean, you, go you know, sleepwalking or somebody I'm, stepped out. I'm a out flopper, of, or like they fall I, out of bed, bed or something. I wouldn't say never, hurricane. but yeah. you're not injuring yourself laying in the bed. Yeah, just laying there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could injure yourself like on a George Foreman. Yeah, if you're cooking breakfast somehow. You know, yeah, step on it. I don't know how. We could probably do an episode about half hour episode. At least that. a half hour. Yeah. Speaking of half hour segments. Whoa. We're headed for the next one. Outside. Outside the box. <laughs> wow. I don't know what I just did I'm so there. confused. Wow. I blacked I out. <laughs> what, what, who was that? I blacked out. Man. All, All right. right. So, look, we have the, we have a lightning rod topic. Yes. That we're going to have definitive opinions it about. It's current. We it's, do hot takes on current it affairs. It is so current. And I have I, I thought I had an opinion, and then I've turned myself around before recording Yeah, we're the getting political. I know what you're going to say then. I know what you're going to say if you change your mind. Really? Yeah, because I changed my mind too. So we are talking about professional sports being televised. Yes. With essentially digital audiences pumping in sound as if there's a crowd there mm -hmm. and now trying the best they can to make sure that what's presented on television is as close to what it would be like if the arena was full. We're going to get our personal responses to that. Love it, hate it. Either way, what should they do to change it? This probably won't be a lengthy episode because we're responding to one very particular thing. Mm -hmm. I think we should start with, uh, although Chase doesn't have his phone out, I think we should start with Chase and how you feel about it because your life... Oh. Yes, your life is actually in your, your other life, other than your Coyote Fitness Podcast life, is producing content for consumption. Yeah. So, so we I'm said, really intrigued. We said thumbs up, thumbs down on the digital crowd, right? And yes. That, and then the, yeah. the way we per, uh, put the question out there. All right. Yes. It's really hard for me to have that hard of a stance on something like this. So I'm going to cheat. 
right? <laughs> well, Hunter was going to do that anyway. Yeah, he's going to have two I thumbs. Cheat, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so cheat, I'm saying thumbs up is a ten, thumbs down is a one. Okay. I'm going to give it a scale of like you're going to gladiator it. Yeah, seven yeah, okay. degrees up to ten, or three degrees down towards the one. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yes. All right. Little bit of a backstory. Uh, not backstory. Exposition. Uh, soccer, I think, is a good example of it being done well when it's done well. Uh, specifically, uh, the crowd noise that they've been piping in to the broadcast. There are some situations where the crowd just starts cheering. Nothing's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I've seen it on two different occasions, all right? But I have seen there is a dude, and this is why I love it so much. There is a dude whose job it is to perfectly time crowd noise interactions with what's going on in the game. And when it's done well, man, you forget that there's blankets across all the seats in the uh, in Manchester United's uh, stadium. That's literally a job now. Yes. Wow. And I would love Welcome that to job. 2020, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, they're going to get laid off at some point. But <laughs> yeah. for right now, they're doing great. Uh, second of all, uh, well, no, no, before I go to that, I'll give my answer. So I think when it's given the per, the actual uh, respect and like effort it's warranted, it can be really good. So overall, uh, I think it's worth about an eight. Eight degrees of thumb. Okay, so that's a wow. That's tipping very heavily towards the positive. I've liked it overall because I know they're operating from a stance of like this is all weird. This is weird. Mm -hmm. Everything we're doing is weird. So we're just trying to make it a little more homey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll go second because I feel like Hunter's probably going to clean this up. You're skipping. There's one sport out there doing it right with the crowd, socially distant. All right, having a great time. Do you know what that sport is? Curling. Nope. Basketball? Nope. Baseball? Nope. <laughs> Soccer? NASCAR. NASCAR? NASCAR had 10,000 people attending socially distance uh, at a race the other week. Wow, good for them. Yeah, and it was Man. you could clearly see like gaps in the crowd because it seats like 200,000 people. Especially for that, wow. I don't, I don't want to dip off into my political views, but especially for the, the general demographic. Yes. demographic. Yes. That's very impressive. It was surprising. Yeah. Anyway, okay. sorry. Go ahead. Ben. Okay. We're gonna so, have to get that figured out for football. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. So uh, we were. Yeah. Too many. Too many conversations <laughs> there. So I will say when I first saw it, I was, I was one thousand percent at Ben Tilt. Like this is the most <laughs> ridiculous, stupid, ridiculous idea I've ever it's seen. Double ridiculous. Double ridiculous. And then I, I was so I was watching the NBA, and which I don't do often, but. I started to actually examine the figures that are on these screens that are supposed to replicate. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is like the worst Nintendo Wii version <laughs> of people. I This is so bizarre. I hate it. You yeah, know? Uh-huh. Then after I turned the TV off, I'm like, well, you know what? If I weren't so hyper-focused on these small details it did make it feel like it was kind of normal. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of in that six to seven range. Yeah. I think really I was bringing a lot of my animosity towards just what's going on in the world right now yeah. to that particular effort. But the people, uh, and I can only speak specifically investigating it to the NBA side, I'm like, you know what, these guys obviously sat in a war room and they were like, all right, what can we do 
for our audience to make sure that they're getting a better product than just you're watching the Lakers practice. Yeah. You know, so uh, at first I hated it and I would have like gone on a big campaign to stop it. But, but after thinking about it for a moment and taking in my own experience, I'm like, Hey, good job. Got decent yeah. job. Guys. Way to go. You were handed a really crummy situation and you're doing something decent with it. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, obviously it's better when there's, fans in the stands it just there's a lot more electricity that makes a lot more fun um for baseball most games there's hardly anybody sitting right behind home plate anyways because those are the expensive seats most people are up in the getting drink having cocktails up in the in the booth or whatever so it doesn't even look that different except for when they show the field and there's not anybody in the stands i love the sounds that you hear from baseball now a baseball game to me there's nothing more beautiful of a sound than a the ball hitting a wooden bat for a home run, just that loud with an empty crowd. Oh too. yeah, it's yeah. Awesome. You can, there's an advantage yeah, to not having a reverb of it. Yeah. yeah, I think there's some advantages to to all the sports, but for baseball specifically, I love hearing that sound of the ball hitting the bat because you can actually hear everything. You can hear the guys in the in the dugout actually get excited when when a guy hits a home run. Um, so that's really cool. I've I've really enjoyed hearing that. It's like Field of Dreams esque. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see and, what you're saying. And like the or ball, single A baseball. The sound of the ball hitting like Mike Stanton or Giancarlo Stanton's bat or Aaron Judge's bat on a home run. It's just unbelievable how loud it is. Um so that's really cool. And I I, I played a lot of baseball, so I might be biased to that. But um basketball, I think the virtual crowd is hilarious. I mean, their faces <laughs> look ridiculous. They put Shaq in the crowd a few times. That was funny. Double uh, ridiculous. Yeah. And then uh I saw Lil Wayne was in the crowd one one time and he was uh, coordinating a virtual high five with the fan next to him somehow, and they were like both were doing it on they're on the live TV. So that was pretty funny. I think it's funny. The one thing that I really like about the NBA, um, no fans, is the camera angles they're able to get. They got the cameras right up next to the court, and they 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 show those courtside views, and you can really see like you, from that high angle. You a lot of times you can't see how athletic those guys are from that courtside. Number one, the moves and that how athletic these guys are just mind-boggling number two how big they are you can see how tall these guys are mm. and it's just crazy how all these seven footers can just move like that and so I, i'm always a big fan of the courtside view because you can actually get a feel for what's going on in the game a lot more so i really really like this now obviously hopefully next year they can get fans back in the stands or whatever but i think for everything going on this year it's been it's been pretty cool and um you know, once you kind of get into the game after a couple minutes, you don't really miss it. So, you think we're going to see some innovation when it comes to football with like cameras and helmets and things like that? Yeah, I think I think they'll do something. I know they've already talking about basketball. Like the guy that it's literally changed the game because these guys can go harder to the basket because they don't have to worry about the fans sitting right behind the basket. And so they're not having to worry about going into the crowd, so they're attacking the rim a lot harder. So they've talked about that. That's one of the reasons scoring is up, in their opinion. So we might see, hey, they might pull the courtside back, seats back some or you know, get rid of some of them so because it does affect the gameplay. For football, I think they're going to have some cool stuff. I really do. I, am, I believe NFL is the, still the top sport in, 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 in the U.S., and so I think they're going to get something really cool figured out. That's cool. I mean, necessity, the mother of all invention. Yeah. So we give it an overall on a scale of 1 to 10. We, we're landed like a 7.4. Positive, yeah. positive vibes. Positive I give it a 7, 7 or 8. 4. It, it surprises it, me. It, I was, it deserves a curve. 
I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was ready to just completely lambast this mm. whole effort. And that's, so, that's pretty par for the course for you. Yeah, I usually start there. I yeah. start angry and then soften up. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great segment. All right, so we get to our last segment, uh, which Hunter's going to steal the show here. Recommends. You've got something for us. Uh, didn't you recommend 1917, Chase? Yeah, right when it came out. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. watched it last night, and, what? man, that thing was it was incredible. It's crazy. It's crazy. That, that is one of the best made movies I have ever seen. I have I one gripe with it. Well, I, I, what's your gripe? When he's falling into the waterfall, yeah. that's the only time that I had the break of realism because yeah, yeah. of how mm-hmm. bad it looked. Yeah. I couldn't, I, I, I'd forgotten that it was one continuous shot, um, and then it started going, and then I realized what it is. But what I really liked about it was more than any other World War One movie I've ever seen, that actually gave you perspective of what it was like to actually fight in the war, what it was like to be in the trenches, what it was like, like those guys are in the trenches. They have no idea what's going on, on the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so real and so good. I I cannot believe it didn't win Best Picture. I saw Parasite. Parasite was a good movie. This movie should have beaten Parasite for Best Picture. I understand why they always like the um, underdog. The, the well, and they like the emotional stories where you connect with the characters more. This wouldn't it wasn't as as much about the story as it was about the actual. Um, the shot and the the feeling of being in World War One, and I yeah. get all that historicity. But, yeah, yeah. But man, this was it was so well made, and like I was reading about it afterwards, and he wanted it to be two continuous shots: one going up until when he gets knocked out at night, um, and then the second one from night into the next day. And it was, man, what I was like. By the end of the movie, I was I told my wife I was like, man, that guy he had a day. He he went through the <laughs> ringer, didn't he? Like, what a but, day! I'm yeah, tired watching it. Yeah, no, it was a. Uh, Awesome, awesome movie, and just so different than what you normally see, and so different than modern movies in general now. So that was one of the one of the best movies of this century, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we would concur with that. Recommend. Yeah, no one, no one's really tried to take on World War One like that, and they went full I, tilt with it. I've, mm-hmm. I've uh, Dan Carlin podcast. He talks about World War One and said, in his opinion, that would be for from the soldiers' perspective, the worst war to fight ever, like the most misery. Yeah. And I can see why just seeing that. Like, that was just awful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The stuff that happened to those guys. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, so watch the film. It's, yeah. wor- it's worth your time. Even sure. if you're not into world history or war history, you can appreciate it for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, it's good. So, all right, so we should drop this in. So next episode, if you're binge listening to these episodes, next episode we'll be back to discuss more on this topic of pain and injury. Silky smooth sounds.